Welcome to Wax Apple episode 49. I'm your host here, Wax as always, with my co-host Ads. Producer Keith in the background, making sure everything sounds good or not good. Who cares? Whatever. Ads, how are you doing? I am surviving. It's been one and a half weeks, two weeks, I'm not sure. One, I guess to go with one and a half weeks. Since Australia was freed from the brutal regime of just you know, brutal regime of dictatorship. I would I would have to call it dictatorship. Or at least that's what I would call it if I was one of our topics later on. Mm-hmm. But um I, I went to a restaurant on the weekend last weekend, so I actually know what a restaurant looks like now. I'd forgotten to be honest. Oh come oh come on. How long was your lockdown? It was like what, two two months? I forget. Four, four and a half months. Ah, that's that's not Okay, actually, you know that's actually probably longer than the one in New York. I I completely forgot how long the one, the NYC one was back in the winter of twenty twenty. So I can't even say. Yeah, it was pretty long. I mean, the the thing is, right? Like, it was a restaurant that I I wouldn't normally go to. Anyways, it was like one of those seafood restaurants. Um, what, do you, what do you mean, one of those seafood restaurants? Like, is it different from any other kind of seafood restaurant? Well, I just don't go to seafood restaurants in general, right? All oh, right. Um. But it's like, yeah, it was, it was a good restaurant, fine restaurant, I guess. Um, really, I just went there to get blasted, and like that was fun. So I got fried rice, big bowl of fried rice in front of me, and then I just drank. So that was good. So are you guys completely okay, all in the clear, or is there like some limit on the size of gatherings still, or is there some we're, limited restrictions? We're at um eighty percent now, so eighty percent fully vaccinated, um, and we've got well like ninety two, ninety three percent. Uh, one dose, or first dose. So we're looking at like another th- maybe f- we might be able to get ninety five percent, but slowing down heaps. So we'll see how we go with that. Um, well, I mean the I mean the rules. So basically, lockdowns yeah. over. Everything's completely free again, or there, there's still well, some. Li- at seventy percent, there was restrictions. At eighty percent, the restrictions lessened. Right now, there's still restrictions until um December third, I think December third, and then it like opens up completely. Um, where even international travel is on on the books. There's still another month, month and a bit. Okay, yes. So you're still stuck. You still can't flee for Japan yet. Yeah, I still can't flee to Japan yet. No. All right. Stuck here. All right. Let's let's do the first topic of the day. Well, I feel like I need to give you a chance to follow up on your last week's world's analysis, where you confidently predicted. What what do you, what did you say? No NA teams to make out of groups. And you said uh, EU was trash. Although I don't know if you said they wouldn't make out groups or anything like that. But I don't know. Some bold predictions from you last week. Yeah. And I still stand by my predictions because. So, you know, when to- what, 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 what happened? What, what happened after predictions ah, for people who don't know? So, so let's run, run through the groups. Group A, I mean, everyone expected Damon Kia to smash their group. They did. They went 6 0. And then there was a three way tie for second at 2 and 4. Between Cloud9, the NA team, Rogue, the EU team, and FPX, the, the Chinese team, who were being predicted as like one of the favorites for the tournament. And then Rogue beat um, FPX in one tiebreaker, and then they played C9, and they lost to C9. So basically, due to right shitty fucking tiebreak system, Cloud9 made it through, because it was rigged. Okay. If you want to say so. And yeah, and in general, basically the NA teams did way better than anyone would think. Even though you know they didn't all advance, but Cloud Nine advanced, and uh, the, Chi- advanced. the Chinese teams 
and even Liquid almost advanced, and then they lost because of a bug. But whatever. We'll, we'll, allegedly, allegedly we'll talk, lost. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. And um, the big story was well, you were actually at least you were right about Korea being good. Did you say Korea was good? I forget. Yeah, I said Korea was the best. Yeah, and I guess you didn't really talk about China that much, but China surprised everyone by being really bad across the board. I don't think we talked about them that much last week, right? Um, we did say that um, the Chinese team seemed to have a bad read on the meta, especially FPX, which everyone was talking about. But even teams like um, like RNG, LNG, none of them seemed to understand the power picks, and they weren't playing the power picks as much. Like, if, if you saw the Korea meta, the Korea meta was, hey, Aphelios, we're, we're fucking picking him. If he's open, we're picking him. Um, you know, Graves, first pick, first pick, if he's available. Because he's just, he neutralizes every single top laner. Yumi is busted as fuck, and we're first picking him. It's, she's pick ban, like, must pick ban. Um, and we saw no Yumi beforehand, before SKT pulled, or T1, sorry, pulled it out. Um, we saw very little Graves, like, Graves was known, uh... Trindamir was big in the playing stage, and he's just fallen off. Nobody's played Trindamir pretty much in the group stage. And I think the Chinese teams expected Trindamir to be a big pick. Um, who else was there? Like, Chinese well, Lucian. teams... No, Lucian yeah. either. Lucian came up and then just went away pretty fast. Well, the EU teams were still high on Lucian, yeah, right? So, like, Rogue was still picking him and having almost almost beating Damwon with, with uh, Lucian Nami. Um, but... In general, I guess the Korean teams highly value Aphelios, which the Chinese teams didn't. Um, Chinese teams still pick very, very comfort, meaning they almost always pick Kaisler because all of their ADCs, for some reason, are one-trick Kaisers. Um, so they, they had like huge priority on Kaisler, like first or second rotation in Kaisler, um, which the Korean teams just never do. They never pick Kaisler. Like, Deft would rather play Varus, who's a useless champion, than play Kaisler, so that tells you a lot about the champion. Um, so I, I think there was a sh- there was a distinct um, you know gap in the meta, and this usually happens in worlds where by the by you know quarterfinals and semifinals everybody's decided on the real picks, and then that's the picks that run throughout worlds. And I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen now. I'm pretty sure the Chinese teams are going to say, okay, we fucking suck dick in group stage. We saw what the Korean teams are doing. Let's pick what they're doing, and now we can see them play at least on an even meta footing instead of you know shooting themselves in the foot by playing Galio mid. So we'll see. Okay, so looking forward to the playoffs. Do you want to make any predictions? You want to try your hand at that again? Okay, okay. So, so let me just put it this way. Um, well, as as of this recording, one um, one uh, quarterfinal has been played. Hanwha Life versus SK uh, versus T One. Sorry, um, never gonna get that right. Um, and T One smashed like everyone predicted, three 0 And there are three more to go. Tonight's one is EDG versus RNG. And see, this one's a hard one to pick because it's how much you believe in crying running it down. And will EDG let him play TF? Probably not. So he probably will run it down. But I think EDG are chokers, so I'm going to go with RNG. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why, but I just want to go with RNG. For the other quarterfinals, we've got um, not Rogue, sorry, Mad Lions, Damwon. I mean, you, you've got to be smoking some good-ass crack if you're fucking predicting Mad Lions to win and being serious about it. So Mad Lions will win that. Sorry, no, Mad, my bad. <laughs> Rogue, I'm, I'm smoking the crap. Rogue will, what am I saying? That one will win that. And then Cloud9, Genji, Genji 3 1. All right. We'll, we'll, write, we'll write those down and uh, we'll, see, we'll see how those go. Yep. 
that's I think that's my predictions. I, I I'm interested to see the EDG RNG. I think that's the most interesting. That one, and I guess people are pointing towards the Gen G Cloud Nine because people are really, you know, really undervaluing how good Gen G are. I guess. I mean, like they still beat Mad. They beat T. They beat TL. Like they beat all these good teams, you know. And people say they they play slowly, but I mean, if you can play slowly, Mad also played slowly. So I don't know. I think people are like overhyping, you know, proactive play. And Blabber and C9 are just so coin flippy that if you if they don't get their proactive play in the first ten minutes, I feel like Genji will just choke hold the game out. And you know, getting that you know coin flip play three times in a best of five is unlikely. Hmm. Not impossible, but unlikely. All right, we'll keep that in mind. Is there anyone you are rooting for in general, or are you? A- I want T1 to win. You want T1 to win? Damn. Yeah, I'm a faker fanboy. But, uh, like, it's going to be hard. they got to play down one in the semis. I think if they beat down one, it's pretty much guaranteed. Like, yeah, it, it's just that. But they've been destroyed by down one in, in LCK. They were the, they're the only team to take a game off down one in the game. finals. So. Okay. Yeah, they went 3 1. So. Okay. And I think, I think Kana and Ona are playing much, much better. Like, much better than they did. In LCK, that it might be just like worse competition, so we'll have to see how they go against Dalmon, assuming Dalmon win, and how you know Kana especially plays against Khan. But Kana is looking great, Ona's looking great. I have hope, the hope beam is high. Okay, well, all right, we'll, we'll just have your predictions in down and we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, okay, when all of my predictions go wrong. <laughs> okay, okay, and C9 let's... makes semis. Uh, I mean, sure. I mean, what's going to happen? We're not. We're not betting anything on this, are we? Uh, you're not. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, okay. I already. Put, I, I put my bets all for the quarterfinals. They're, they're already done. Wow. Did, did Did you just get washed? And you're like, you decide never again. No, no. I I bet on the quarterfinals. Don't bet, guys. By the way, betting's bad. I just don't want to promote betting unless we get a betting <laughs> unless unless we get I'm a betting asked. sponsor. Unless. In which case, guys, betting is good. Betting no, is no. actually. No, no, betting responsible betting is good. Bet responsibly, guys, and then responsibly. You gotta, and, and then you gotta like uh, read off like the number, the you know the gambling hotline numbers. The, do they force the terms of conditions? No, do they force you to do that? So like in the states, if you have a gambling sponsor, you have to. I don't know if you have to, or if they just do this just to try to seem like they give a shit. But you have to read off like the hotline numbers, the telephone numbers to gambling addiction hotlines. No, nah, they just have the um at the bottom. They have the white like tiny white text, and somebody just says it really quickly. Please bet responsibly. Like they just say some random shit. Nobody maybe, maybe it's a US thing where they force you to actually like list off a number of uh, gambling addiction help centers or something like that. Maybe that's only a US thing. Sounds like a US thing, but I don't know how the countries to know. All right, whatever. Let's move on to our, our first uh, whatever our second topic of the day. So we're we're talking about Australian Australian liberation a while ago in the beginning, and we bring that up because there was a. So I I'll. So American political commentator Candace Owen, famous right-wing grifter, went on her TV show, went on Twitter and said things such as, so she was talking about Australia's COVID lockdown measures, I'm assuming. So let me read you some of her quotes from her TV show and her social media. When do we deploy troops to Australia? When do we invade Australia and free and oppress people who are suffering under a totalitarian regime? When do we spend trillions of dollars to spread democracy in Australia? Let me read some more, more quotes. Uh, 
Okay, I mean, I'll read, I'll read some, some from the, from the Guardian directly. The high-profile host went on to describe Australia as a tyrannical police state where citizens are quite literally being imprisoned against their will. When do we deploy? Of course, I ask that in jest because we know, we all know the real answer, which is which is what went tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> what is happening in Australia is under the guise of a virus. Is federal overreach, ty- tyranny, totalitarianism the kind that gives birth to evil dictatorships and human atrocities? Owens added. We are watching a replay of the early ambitions of Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, Fidel Castro, Hugo Chavez. So, Ads, did this story make the rounds at all, or are, are, am I just introducing it to you today? It kind of did make the rounds, but I don't know if it would have made the rounds um, independently of being in our Discord, where like I'm exposed to more American politics than I would normally. So, but I, th- I think it was like making the rounds, but it wasn't a big thing because like it's it's so badly timed, right? Like if this was a couple of weeks ago. Where you know Melbourne just got out of lockdown, Sydney. Just, there's only two states that are actually in lockdown, which are New South Wales and Victoria, and both those got out of lockdown this week, this week or last week. So you know. So the average Australian probably heard about the story, but it, it didn't go anywhere. You're saying it, like people talked about it because it's a funny story. But yeah, the the funny thing is, Candace Owens is late, right? Like this this story made the rounds earlier in lockdown, right? A couple months, like a couple weeks ago. But people were, you know, talking about it. The the first person to really introduce this that I heard of was um the podcast the podcast dude, what's his name? Joe Rogan. Oh, Joe Rogan said that? Yeah, Joe Rogan said something like, you know, he had somebody on who was saying like, you know, look look at Australia where they're in you know, they're in tyrannical, you know, dictatorship, right? Like they're being forced, you know. And that that was when he first started making the round. So if anything, Candace Owens waited for it to die down a bit so that she could, you know, Whip up the horses once again, you know the, the horses of hell. You know, so uh, I think she was late to the party. So, so I I gotta ask uh, the the invasion the invasion joke aside, how many Australians actually sort of agree with the sentiment that this like this lockdown was basically tyranny? Like, what percent of Australians do you think actually agree that this is like tantamount to you know whatever? Totalitarian governments of like Hitler and whatever. There, there were indeed small um protests that were relatively small. The bigger ones were in um Victoria actually, but Victoria's had longer lockdowns even last year. So I think Victoria has a different situation to Sydney and New South Wales in general. Um, but it was in a couple of thousands, I'd say. So maybe if we're really pushing it, a maximum of five percent of the population. Like Sydney is almost at ninety five percent. Uh, not Sydney, sorry. New South Wales is almost at 95% uh, first dose. So I, th- I think in a country where, you know, the uh, just comparing um, vaccination rates to other countries, right? Like Australia's well on track to hit 90% of the entire population, right? And if you have that high of vaccination rates, assuming some people legitimately can't have the vaccine due to um, health reasons, that's like 5% of the population maybe, then you've got, you've got like 95% coverage. That's pretty insane. That's pretty hot. That's like almost the highest in the world. There are only a few countries that do better than that, right? Huh. You know, that that kind of surprises me because at least, so tell me, this is probably unfair, but the portrayal in the media and the portrayal in social media, I guess, sort of portrays Australia as being, you, you would assume it's been more on the conservative side for some reason. I, I, I can't tell you exactly why, but that's sort of the impression you get from media. But I guess in terms of actual policy, I, I don't know, maybe it's more mixed than that. I think Australian policy is definitely conservative in general. Uh, the the federal government has been, you know, liberal government, which I know, ironically is the conservative party in Australia. 
um, despite the name for Americans. Um, but I think the the thing to remember with Australia is the fact that a lot of um, policy is determined um, in a manner where, okay, how do I put this? Policy is very slow in Australia. Like, you, you know, if you want to, like, claim, like, liberal laws such as, you know, like, like you know, legalizing gay marriage, that, that came later than even America, right? So you can't say Australia is a liberal country if they're, you know, that far behind America, who's considered already a very conservative country. I, th- I think in general, the country um, is conservative purely off the fact that, um, I don't know, that, that the, the government has... There's there's a lot of uh, you know political apathy, despite the fact that people point towards Australia as as being the country where every you know it's mandatory to vote. Um, and so people in power tend to stay in power for a very long time. And also, I think Murdoch Media just has such a you know an iron grip on Australian politics and an Australian media and the Australian zeitgeist that. If they want to push a conservative uh, message, which they almost always do, then, you know, that's what's going to happen. Like, I'll, I'll give you the example of, uh, you know, the Green Deal, right? Like, going to get to zero, you know, carbon emissions. Um, that's been, like, heavily, you know, pushed against by Murdoch Media until suddenly um, it became good for Murdoch Media to have, uh, you know, zero emissions. So they started running a campaign and they're like, look at this you know, Liberal Party member who wants uh, zero emission. Look at this guy, look at this guy, look at this guy. So I, I think something to note that people might not know is, and I guess this exists, tell me if I'm wrong, but in, in Australia, there are actually three parties, three big parties. And the Liberal Party is actually a coalition party of the Liberal, which is like center-right, and the Conservative Party, which is the, uh, I blanked out on their name, but there's, there's another Conservative Party, and they came together to make the coalition. Um, and because there's two parties in it, that means that there are actually there's actually a split where there's conserv- very hard right conservatives, like very religious conservatives, and then there's a you know center right, which actually you know their ideas aren't that far off from the left. Does that exist okay. in American politics as well? Uh, I mean, so some some people there's no there's no uh, three parties, but so someone argue that the two parties are basically the same and they're divided by like just the narrow margins. Some people would say that. Definitely, it, definitely, the European observers would say that our parties are basically like the same. Well, in America, like a lot of voting comes down to you know one law or like one position, right? Like whether that yeah. would be abortion or gay marriage at the, at the time. Well, I don't know. That's a narrative that people put out there that there's a lot of single issue voters, but I don't actually know. I, I didn't study the political science of that. So I don't, I don't know how realistically that how much of the vote is swung by those one issue guys. But but I would say like I don't know the the, the way you describe Australia it sounds like the people are very pragmatic, and, you know they're pragmatic in a way that's apolitical because you know get, getting the vaccine and you know doing lockdown those are things you do pragmatically to get out of a pandemic and you do that without regard to your politics whereas in America the pandemic has become so ridiculously politicized that it's just a, like pragmatism and it has nothing to do with it. I, I think overall there are obviously differences. Yep. But I think overall, there's been a united, there was more of a united front last year than there has been this year where people are like kind of going at each other. But there was a united front across, you know, political lines and across, you know, state governments. Um, and now we're starting to see the end of that purely because 
of, I guess you call it vaccine, um, not vaccine hesitancy, but vaccine inequality in terms of like where vaccines are being distributed because most of them have been distributed to New South Wales and Victoria, meaning other states, um, which may or may not have potential to be higher in terms of vaccination rates, um, are fo- have fallen behind simply because, you know, they're prioritizing vaccines in places where there are COVID outbreaks, right? And I think that's caused some division. Like some people don't like that for various, or at least have to appear to not like that. But we'll see how we go in the next uh, three to four months, I'd say. You get, you get your full answer on whether, you know, like, like America, there are pockets of America where there are very, very low vaccination rates and there are pockets of America where there are very high vaccination rates. We'll have to see whether that happens between state lines in Australia. Okay. I doubt it'll be to the same extent. Okay. So the, the invasion, alas, it was a... Uh... Or was it a fleeting, fleeting memory? I mean, like uh, you guys basically have Australia's biggest um, army, you know, outpost. It's it's an American outpost in Darwin. So I imagine if we wanted to invade, we we just like press the kill switches on all the equipment we sold you, and it would stop working, and then we just take over for free, right? Like, you know, what, I think. yeah. You, you know what was the? There was a story that we read in high school. I think almost every high school kid reads in Australia. I'm not going to say every because I'm sure there are schools that choose different books. But it's called um, <clears throat> Tomorrow When the War Began. Have you heard of that book or the movie? There was a no. movie made of it. No, no, what the hell is that? It's essentially Australia being um, overrun uh, or like overrun, uh, taken over by an unnamed enemy. But it's like heavily, heavily, you know, implied that it's uh, you know, a Southeast Asian coalition who are taking over Australia because we have so much money um, compared to them. And then America just says, you know what, you guys aren't worth the fucking effort. So we have to, like, beg uh, New Zealand to fight this guerrilla warfare for us. Wait, 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 who who wrote this? This doesn't sound a very, uh, this doesn't appeal to any of the Aussie, like, or any of the typical Aussie tropes, I thought. I, like, Aussie's asking New Zealanders for help, you know, getting actually getting in, invaded by Southeast Asians. It, does, it doesn't... Uh, this isn't aligned with any of the Aussie tropes I've heard of. This is an old one. It's like 20, 25 years ago um, that the book was written. Um, but like it, it, it aligns with, because it's supposed to be some country town where, you know, you don't expect these things to happen. So I guess it has the yeah. whole country town appeal and they got kids are going camping. I don't know. The, the book was decent, but I read the whole series. Does it involve the kids? Like, so all the adults are captured and the kids have to like band together yes. and fight back? Okay. This, yes, this is... This is literally Red Dawn. <laughs> yes, yes. I know, I know. I was going to say there's there's an American... I don't know if it's, it's American, actually. Wait, wait. Did, like Red Dawn, did Red Dawn rip this off or did, or did this rip off Red Dawn? Wait, let's check. Red Dawn um, oh my God. was made in 1984. No, this was like 1999. Okay, so this this ripped off Red Dawn, I guess. Yep. I mean, why not? Red Dawn did pretty well. And uh, and and again, by by that by that time, like that this book was written, I guess the Soviet Empire had, had fallen, so you had to make up some foes. So you're like, China bad. I mean, if it was written now, it would be China. But but in in that well, don't you remember in that little ni- that mid nineties to I want to say I was or, literally not born. <laughs> all right. Okay. 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 I don't remember. All right. I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain to you, and maybe producer Keith can help help explain too. There was this period in the '90s where you know the so the Soviet Union had fallen, and 9/11 hadn't happened yet. So they were just like searching everywhere for villains, and they just could not find like compelling villains. So this is when um, 
So in, so like they just reached everywhere to find any state that they could sort of portray as antagonistic. The, so do you know the film, what is it? Um, Air Force One, right? Yeah. So you've heard of Air Force One. Do you know who the, I don't think I've watched the film though. Okay, the villain, the villains in Air Force One are like Serbians. <laughs> they're like they're like Serbian separatists or some some bullshit that no one remembers anymore, and never again have Serbian separatists or whatever they are, or they bought whatever they were. They were like Eastern European guys who were not Russian and they were weird separatists. Well, the the um Balkan Wars were on that at that time, so exactly, care. exactly. And that, um, let me think. Um, in True Lies, they they went with Iran, which is like. Yeah, it's it's a bit evergreen, but by by that point, they had been out of the mainstream consciousness for a bit, so they made a big comeback in True Lies. Uh, I don't know, Keith. Can you think of any other like completely random villains they they brought up during that during that period before we could kill Arabs again in movies? No, no. You're, re- right. you're really building this up like it was some sort of you know they needed to find a heel for their. It's like a WWE fucking storyline here. I mean. It, it was it was really dark days for action movies because there was no obvious bad guy to go to, and then after that they could just kill brown people for a while, and now and now we're sort of back in that period again where, well, I mean, those 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 unfortunately I should say those kind of action movies and nineties action movie were you know that that are ostensibly you know take place in the real world they don't make those anymore we just like watch cape shit now so it's not it's not as much of a problem we could just make up you know villains from whole cloth. Yeah, I don't know how old you think I am, but I I was like a child. I'm not going to remember the nationalities of random villains in 90s movies. I was also a child, but maybe my uh, my parents let me watch movies I shouldn't have been watching at that time. Which uh, which brings us to our next topic, I guess. Yeah, our next topic is Parents Pearl Clutch over Squid Games being played by children at recess. My friend's kid actually started playing Squid Games uh, by the Washington Post. Um, basically... Kids, they've been, you know, very supportive kids playing Squid Games at recess now. And let me just read the first paragraph. Squid Games, if you haven't heard of it, Netflix's massive global hit might feature play ra- play- playground games. I can't read. But it's most obviously not for kids, obviously, because if you lose the game, you die. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, but some fans might have missed the memo, and the game on the show is based on classic playground games from South Korea, like Tug of War and Red Light Green Light, and are popping up on real-life playgrounds distressing parents, educators, and development experts, many of whom are wondering how the heck these kids heard from about the show in the first place. What do you think, kids, on the fucking rock? Um, so yeah, basically what's happening is kids are playing the games and then pretending to shoot the loser. Yes, and... I- Parents are, they're worried because parents are, I don't know, parents have been this way forever, right? Have they been this way forever? I actually don't know. Yes, they have. So the more I think about it, the more I I feel like everybody... Wait, wait. You don't think like parents in the 1800s, if the kids were playing games and it involved fake death and fake violence, they're like, ah, that's just the world we live in. No, but I I assume there was some sort of, um, that was that, that, that line, right? There was always a line that the kids couldn't cross. Um... Yeah, they they couldn't like uh, blaspheme against Christ or something like that. I yes, guess. Yes, exactly. Um, so there's always that line. Whether it existed in the same manner, like obviously not. Um, but uh, honestly, the, my friend's kid was was actually playing this with his brother. Which game? Which game? They were doing the red light, green light one. That's the most popular one, I think. Yeah, but that that's a, but that's also a game that's existed before Squid Game. Squid Game just reminded yeah. everyone that that's the game. Yeah, it's called uh, Mr. Wolf. In, in Australia, um, 
and which I used to play. Literally, my teacher would take me out to play uh, in primary school. So, like, I have distinct memories of that. Um, but obviously, the difference is you didn't get executed after you you lost. You know, like you just got taken out by your teacher and you had to cry. So wait, so if you got caught, what did they say? Did they say you were out? You're yeah, you're yeah. caught. You're out. Okay, so yeah. I remember playing this uh, when I played playground games in Korea, especially this one. When when you're out, th- th- we just said you're dead. Like that's just the way we said it, and it, it wasn't it wasn't because we had the Squid Game series reference. That's just like the the language we used. The wording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the language was like it's not you're out, you're you're eliminated, you're whatever. It's just you're dead because I think that's the thing that kids like, intuitively know. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, like, like, a five year old kid, you can say, okay, you're dead, and they'll be like, all right, I'm dead. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. I, I feel like people are just upset, not the fact that they're playing them, but maybe at the fact that they're watching them with their with their parents. Um, and in which case, like, yeah, probably depending on how young these kids are, definitely shouldn't be watching the show. Like, that's that's absolutely true. Um, eh, but, I don't know. I I don't know. As as someone who watched all these uh, '90s action movies as a child, I, I feel like I've come out very well adjusted. You, though some people may disagree. Okay, yeah. well, you literally think twelve-year-olds should be able to smoke cigarettes, so your opinion on this is clearly in the wrong. Dude, what do you mean clearly? Because you you think that children should have no restrictions whatsoever. You're so far extreme to one end that, of course, you think they should be able to watch Squid Game. I'm not saying that parents should buy their their kids cigarettes, but you know, if, if the kids, you know, has had a shift at the factory and you know is feeling a bit stressed. <laughs> well, Alex, can I ask you a question? Right? Do you think you know there's parental uh, like guidance stickers, whatever the fuck they're called, the ratings? Yeah. Do you think they should exist? Uh, I I don't think so. No. What? I, I think I think they're silly. I mean, I, in in gen, I think in general that there are like some you know niche cases where like the way they pick on th- certain things um, is very silly, but I think in general it gives parents who want who want you know there's obviously some sort of eventually there's some sort of parental responsibility right okay. who want to restrict their parents viewing. Okay, I should probably rephrase. Yeah, yeah. Like in, in terms of giving parents information, yeah, like that that's why we have the movie rating system, the games rating system. So rating systems in order to inform the parents I, I think they're good but i think uh you know for movies like I, I think well that's the way we sort of do it right because if the parent is going to say yeah i'm, I'm going to take my kid to see a r-rated movie that's fine I, I think the way we do it with art that way is, is fine like the information's out there i mean you can have your kid you can buy your kid say uh what's what's, what's the what are the r-rated games gta yeah, yeah you, you yeah some parents do that and it's pretty common, right? Like kids don't wait till they're eighteen to play GTA. Like high schoolers and middle schoolers are playing it all the time. But- yeah, that's like obvious. Um, I think like if you're in like middle school plus, uh, it's probably not best to watch it. But I'm fine with that. If they're any younger than that, then I'm probably gonna say you shouldn't be letting your kid watching that. And also, like I guess the thing is if. Uh, I, I, the the other thing is parents don't want to, their their kid to come home afterwards. Um, like it's that whole should you swear in front of your child thing, right? Where most people do swear, um, but they try and hold back in front of their kid. And say, say one parent doesn't do that, 
and they swear in front of their kid and then their kid comes to school and they start swearing and then that spreads to the next kid who then starts swearing at home. It's the same kind of thing, right? Like maybe you, you can show your kid Squid Game, but if they teach their friend about Squid Game and their friend wants to watch Squid Game. Well, that's why I was swearing. That's what, I think there's no fucking, nothing wrong with fucking swearing. Everybody yeah. should be allowed to fucking swear all the time, but I always get yelled at by my friends for fucking swearing in fucking public. Um, exactly. I, I feel like you, you, the only reason you don't swear in class is because that's just like the proper societal expectation, not because there's anything wrong with it. I agree. There's nothing wrong with swearing. And yeah. So, well, anyway, this goes to uh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. If, so Keith has uh, has proclaimed his like, his youth, but uh, back in the nineties, Keith, don't you remember that that night? The late nineties, the mid nineties was the heyday for this kind of moral um, pearl clutching. So this is a little bit different from what we're talking about in Squid Game. But this is when people in Congress were saying, "Hey, we should censor video games, or you know, we should ban violent video games. We should." do things about uh what was it like rap music i think it's because like west coast hip-hop was getting really big at the time I, you, you don't you don't remember that time and like how quaint it seems that people were making a furor over something that didn't matter eventually i mean i remember that uh because it continued on into the 2000s oh yeah i guess i guess eminem got some of that early on so yeah there was some early 2000s shit of that in music i remember and, and a little bit of video games but I, there was like I remember in the gaming community, it was the biggest topic where people were people were mauling over how Congress was going to come and ban their violent video games, and eventually nothing came of it. So, uh, yeah, because it was led by a, some lawyer that was literally out of his mind, and I'm pretty sure he got disbarred at some point. I forget his name, um, but it was like literally the the life mission of some crackpot lawyer from i think florida to it's always florida like ban violent video games or something like that all right well do you guys think uh violent video games are bad for kids too i think at a point yes but at a certain point it's okay to let them be exposed to that as long as you educate them on what's the what's the youngest age what's the youngest age that you let your kid if you had a kid play GTA? play gta yeah um, 13? 13? 13? I, I, think uh. I, I think giving an age is not correct because, you know, like if I felt my kid was maturing faster than my other kid, so say I had two kids, right? And the first kid I let him play at 13 because I felt it was very mature. And another one at 13, I felt like he or she wasn't, you know, at the same level of maturity. Then I would hold back and be like, yeah, you're probably not ready for it. I, yeah. I feel like... But then it's unfair. like you you can't um you know enact laws based on you know some judgment call right like eventually laws have to be you know like drinking at twenty one or drinking at eighteen or cigarettes at sixteen or twelve yeah works yeah I I just feel like we're we are not objective about the uh, ability of art to influence what is something we like and what is something we don't like like obviously like when when I was a kid I was a big fan of. Of video games and i was also a lesser fan of uh the, the rap that was coming out the hip-hop that was coming out those days and i and i thought it was ridiculous that anyone would try to censor this stuff but it's probably because i really like those things and and you know maybe it has like subconsciously influenced me in a way although i don't know like, i don't think i have any i don't know i don't think i have any violent impulses but who knows maybe that's a life thing we need to keep an eye on for for, for longer I, I think as long as there are boomers and I mean, Buma in the um, you know, metaphorical sense. 
there will be outrage. Yeah, but but you, but you're also agreeing with him somewhat by saying that you do think there's there should be some sort of you think there is a too young at some point. Yeah, but again, I'm not the parent, so I think it's like the parents' responsibility. Keith, do you remember that uh, WWE faction right to censor back in the, uh, the Attitude Era? Yes, it was my favorite faction <laughs> at the time. Oh no, we got a right to censor supporter here. Why was it your favorite faction? Because uh, they were great. I don't know. Stevie Richards, uh, The Good Father. Um, I forget who else was in the faction. It was... Um, There's a woman, too. I forgot who she was. Yeah, it was... Um, oh, my goodness. Not... It's the... This is going to sound wrong. It's the white counterpart to Jacqueline. I forget her name. Is Victoria? <laughs> no, not Victoria. No. Okay. In, in any case, uh, yeah, Rise of Censor was a WWE faction in the early 2000s, late 90s, I think. And they were basically uh, riding that wave of what we we're talking about, like people in Congress trying to censor movies, trying to censor video games and music, and they just made a heel faction. And they, what they were, they were there to clean up the the raunchiness of the WWE at the time. And at the time, that's this is the attitude area WWE when they were selling a lot of. They were always selling violence, but they were selling a lot more sex at the time. Yeah. Okay, I found the uh, the guy's name. I remember it's Jack Thompson. I'm going to read you the, the opening of his Wikipedia page so everybody knows who I'm talking about. Uh, Jack Thompson is an American activist and disbarred attorney based in Coral Gables, Florida, He is known for his role as an anti-video game activist, particularly against violence and sex in video games. During his time as an attorney, Thompson focused his legal efforts against what he perceives as obscenity in modern culture. This included rap music, broadcasts from shock jock Howard Stern, and the content of video games and their alleged effects on children. He is also known for his unusual filings to the Florida Bar, including challenging the constitutionality of the florida bar itself in 1993 later the florida supreme court described his filings as repetitive frivolous and insulting to the integrity of the court on march 20th 2008 the florida supreme court imposed sanctions on thompson requiring that any of his future filings in the court be signed by a member of the florida bar other than himself in july 2008 thompson was permanently disbarred by the supreme court of florida for inappropriate conduct, including making false statements to tribunals and disparaging and humiliating litigants. That's that's the guy who led the the crusade against video games. Sounds like a top-tier dude. Yeah, but I, I don't necessarily... Just because we, we dislike him, it's easy to hate on him, but there are a lot of, people, there are a lot of parents who, disagree to, uh, who agree with him, I, I imagine. Yeah, well, there's a lot of parents who would see... Th- that he was a lawyer and just agree with him because they agree to any authority figure, but he's literally a crazy person. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I think just, I think it just goes to the point that w- that we're more liable to think that censorship is ridiculous when it applies to things that we like, such as video games. And then if it's things that we don't like, it's uh, m- maybe it's it seems more plausible to us. Yeah, that, that that brings me to the the Dave Chappelle topic that I've been like pushing off for like five weeks now. So okay, let, let me try to do this carefully. Uh, people at Netflix, they they want to. Not, well, not people at Netflix. A, a lot of people, a, a lot of people who are who are pro who are pro trans rights, they want Netflix to take down 
uh, Dave Chappelle's latest Stand with Santa special, where I haven't seen it, so I don't know the content of it. So I, I've only heard of what he says, but apparently he says a lot of things that are transphobic and that, that are punching down on, on, on the trans community. And Shock. people are, and basically people are, the, so it's offensive and, you know, comedy has been offensive for a long time. And that's been a larger, de- that's been a larger debate, you know, independent of this particular special. But for this one, people are saying the, the bigger case or the argument people are making who said Netflix should take this down uh, are saying that it'll propagate violence or it'll promote violence against trans people. And I was, I was thinking about that. I was, I was thinking about, Hmm, like, like how plausible does that sound to me? Like, like how different is this from other arguments that I've heard in the past that certain media is going to, is going to uh, affect people's behavior. Like, like how, you know, how influential is, you know, is, you know, well, this isn't fiction, but yeah, but let's say it's, it's called like creative media. How, how influential is creative media? How, how influential is art on, the average person's behavior and that's sort of a thing that I, i'm not 100% sure about because like I, i'm not i can't like deny any of that stuff off offhand nor do i you know agree with any of that offhand yeah i i guess the thing is you it's then a question of how much you think that media affects children and adults you know just not like children like adults yeah. as well um and i think we've right right proven that media does <laughs> Because you could you can argue that yeah the the focus of the video game stuff is obviously kids, but one could argue like and I think that a lot of gamers would probably like fight very hard against this idea that hey that, you know if you're an adult and you play violent video games it's gonna make you more inclined toward violence because it desensitize you to violence and I and I think a lot of yeah a lot of gamers would probably say no that's ridiculous you know we're adults we know better yeah I the, the question then becomes like okay with all of this has society become more violent uh, no? yeah I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So. I don't know. There's probably some sociologist who's done some like some study like, correlating. It's the... yeah, but it's clearly not. Um, you know, it's not like you know society has broken down in the past fifty years of video games, right? Like for more than fifty years, but it's actually close to fifty years, right? Um, where I guess the biggest and most violent games have only emerged in the past thirty years. So, like, has there been a breakdown of society? No, but I feel like everybody's always been pushing this. You know. The moral boundaries of society are weakening, and th- those moral boundaries they they hold society steadfast. But society just always functions regardless of moral boundaries. Um, moral boundaries are good, but uh, moral boundaries are destined to change, and for for better or worse. By the way, I'm not just saying that moral boundaries always change for better. That's not true. Um, and as far as you know, the whole does media affect people? Of course, of course, it affects people. Like to say that it doesn't affect people is um you know stupid but does it affect people in the way that they were probably portraying for video games probably not ah, um well, but... well, well that's the thing like how do you know that like did you just come did you come to that conclusion because you like video games uh more than you like uh i don't know dave Chappelle. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um not well, because i you, you're, you're you're also a, a avid uh Anti fan, a hater of stand up. So, so you, you yeah, I am mind, a hater of stand up. You, you would not mind if all of the stand up budget of Netflix just got moved to anime. So, yep, I agree. This is now you're speaking my language. Can we get a Florida lawyer to get this this gone? Yes. Um, I think they paid forty forty two million dollars. I don't know. It was a thirty million dollars for the special for Dave Chappelle. That that could have funded like at least two. I don't know. I don't know how much anime costs to make these days. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put a number out there. Gonna funded two 26 episode animes 
the thing the thing to remember right is that I, I guess the thing to remember is with with stand up is the fact that just having so much like like controversy sells in stand up right so it depends on your opinion on which controversy each stand up comedian is pushing right and i guess like the another big difference maybe is that uh the the what's what's being presented in video games there are images in a sense you know whereas what's being presented in stand up based on stand up is ideas and and you could argue that say the way those influence people is very different because like, maybe you could say we have a better mental capacity to filter through images and you know sort of like realize their fantasy whereas when you're presenting them as like a human in stand up it comes across as a more i don't know more plausible ideas. So I can see the argument too. Like I, I don't know how to parse it to be honest. I'm, I'm generally anti censorship, so I would, right now, I'd say, I don't think that they should take it, take the special down. But then again, that opinion could change. I don't think they're gonna take it down regardless. Um, yeah. In conclusion, parents dumb. Control your kids. Do your own fucking job. Don't make the government do your job for you. Um, because if the government does do the job for you, you're gonna complain anyways. So if you're going to have kids, do your fucking job. And whatever that job is, you got to decide on it. All right. It sounds like uh, sounds like what an irresponsible teacher would say. Hey, I did my best. It's, it's, it's all in your hands. <laughs> speaking, speaking of uh, irresponsible teaching, so let's, let's talk about uh, this week's Twitter main character of the week. Oh. <laughs> um. So a California teacher was recorded in her, in her class, trying to teach um, a, a trigonometry math mnemonic, the, the Sokatoa, the, that teaches you what, what sine, cosine, and tangent are. And to, in order to teach it, she was basically performing a very offensive, very cringy, uh, I, I want to say American Indian inspired dance. She put on like a, you know, the feather headdress, the stereotypical one. And she was doing, she was dancing all, she was doing, you know, this, the stereotypical war dance while chanting Sokatoa, Sokatoa, to try to get her kids to, to remember this mnemonic. So they remember how to do trigonometry. And I'll say, you know, looking at the video, I'm pretty sure they remembered it. But um, at, at what cost, dads? At what cost? Okay, so just to make clear, we also use Sokatoa in Australia. So I, I guess it goes beyond America. Uh, I don't, I don't know how popular it is in like other countries, but I, I I assume in the West it's relatively popular. Our teacher never actually wore a headdress and started chanting and going around doing you know cringy. I wouldn't say you know. But, okay, but but did she tell the uh, American Indian chief story? No. Okay. It was yeah, yeah. Told hey, so the way I remember it is unrelated to that. There is a um rice cracker brand in Australia called Sakatas. So I just remember Sakatoa is like Sakatoa. I mean, the the amazing thing was that so so you you would think this person was just like an insanely cringy, weird, racist person, but then you, you Google it and you see sort of you can kind of see how it happens. It's not like this sprung from her mind out of insanity. It's base it's basically been taught or it's been recommended, I guess, among teachers as a way to introduce this idea to your students. Like, Sokotoa, in someone's head, it sounds vaguely like, you know, like, to to an, to an to a white American or whatever, a non-Native American, it might sound like a, like a Native American phrase. So if you Google it, there's like a ton of like teaching supply slides, like teaching uh, slides about, hey, 
you know, introduces to your class by telling the story of this Native American chief, Sokotoa, who had trouble with triangles back in the day. And this, this is how you're supposed to teach it. And I, I'm not going to say this is common, but I have seen like, in, the res- in the response on Twitter that, hey, this is sort of how I was taught it too with the, you know, this, this weird ass Native American story. But obviously like, their teachers didn't put on a headdress and do a dance. Yeah, I mean, d- undoubtedly, if I thought back on it and I like, considered certain things, I would certainly see like you know, bad faith uh, descriptions used, um, especially like early primary school. Uh, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. The only one I can think of is Chinese whispers, which I didn't know was. Um, well, what's it called now? Well, now what's it called now? Did they, did they have to rename it? Um, Chitter Chatter or something. I forgot what it was called now. Isn't that just telephone? Is that what it's called? I thought it's just called telephone. It was always called Chinese. I I I didn't even connect the dots, you know. Like I didn't say, oh, that's why it's called China. I I just assumed it was made in China. There was another one. There was a, I can't remember what it was, but it was something to do with um, Serbian. I think it was something for the Serbians. Um, oh, okay, okay, I looked it up. Okay, look, look, it's it's call telephone in the states, and okay, so that 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 there's something wrong with Australians if they oh, were so out of only Australians. Uh, it's Commonwealth English, so it's, it's Anglo, it's uh, it's the Brits and hey, Australia. So, so, hey, don't blame the Aussies, blame these fucking Brits, man. Man, you really had to go out out of your way to make this. Game. Although you know what, to 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 your credit, maybe this game was invented before the telephone was invented. If it, if it was that old, then in that case, I will uh, I will accept that you know maybe in the past this name is acceptable. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I guess the thought process for me was. That it was just invented in China, like I, did, I didn't even consider like the reasoning. Um, but yeah, that was one. There was another one. I'm trying to remember, but I can't remember it. But yeah, like I, I assume there have been various examples of that. I, I've heard teachers say like, I don't know, 2021 morally reprehensive things that have made me cringe pretty hard. They've usually been other teachers. Uh, they're usually boomers who don't know any better, I guess. Okay, and they should know better. All right, so this California teacher, obviously what she's doing is ridiculous and wrong, and she's been placed on leave. So there's really not much to discuss about what she did. I, I, I wanted to ask add some questions, though. What's the, So this this dance was, uh, I suggest you go watch it on, tw- on Twitter. It's everywhere. Or maybe not. It's one of the cringiest things you'll see. Ads, what's the, uh, what's the cringiest thing you've done, or what's the most effort you've put in to try to get your students to understand something? You're your dumbest students. They couldn't understand and you just had to debase yourself to just try to get them to understand something. I don't know. I think the most cringe shit I've ever done is like sing love story with my E9s. The, the Why? Uh, we, I don't think that, I don't think that's pretty I think I think that's kind of cute. We doing the um, we did music with poetry in E9, musical poetry. And yeah. like I went I went through a bunch of genres and like oh the you know, like, let's do one for the girls, I guess. It's in Texas now. The girls don't enjoy the other music that I was playing. But anyways, we as did that, love... As, 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 that's, that's, that's not cringe. That's sweet. I don't know. I can't think of any... I don't think I've debased myself more than that. I feel like I have some sort of... um. Okay, okay. You, you felt like you were debasing yourself, but you were actually doing a, you were actually doing a very sweet thing for the kids. Yeah. Let's go with you, that. Is there a video of that? Is there any, any no. of your students think <laughs> video of that? I don't think there is, but there might be. Who knows? I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like, if there's video okay. of that, if there's video of that, and like Tinder allowed video profiles, you should use that. Yeah, I don't know. I think my TikTok, you know, like, have you seen those TikToks? I guess I don't know if you have TikTok. Wait, there's those, always the TikToks. Tinder, the, uh, 
Does Tinder allow video profiles? That uh, have they not got on that yet? No, they have never used. No, actually, I used it for like a day. Okay, cool. Um, but like, there's the TikToks of like, oh, the cool teacher kind of thing. Yeah, that was my dream. But I wasn't the cool teacher. There was another teacher who was the cool TikTok teacher. Ah, so I I came late. (laughs) Wait, so does everyone who teaches the class have to sing like a pop song with the kids, or was just it was only me? Oh, okay. Yeah, so you were being the cool. So was that you trying to be the cool teacher? Yeah. Okay. Did it work? Did you gain respect of your kids? Yeah, yeah. Like I also rapped um "Lose Yourself" as well, and then I made a um we were doing parody, and I made a parody of oh I can't remember what song. It it might have been "Lose Yourself." It might have been parody of "Lose Yourself." League of Legends um inspired oh parody, oh and I, I I put it on post-it cards, mm-hmm. like post-it notes. Um, and they the, I gave each group a verse. And they had to, I, I knew some kids did play League of Legends. So like, it wasn't just a random, oh, I, I play League. That's why I chose it. Like, I knew some kids also mm. play League. No, no, that, that's, that's cringe. M- making your students do a League of Legends rap. That, so yeah. Lo- lo- I didn't make them say it. I didn't make them say it. I just made them uh, unjumble it. Oh, uh, okay. So I was going to say Taylor Swift, Silicon Taylor, Taylor Swift. That's cool. That's, that's sweet. League of Legends rap. That, that's where you get into cringe territory. What if I did the Pokemon rap, man? Ah. Uh, <sighs> I think that's acceptable. I, I, <laughs> See, now you're doing the exact same thing you said about me about you know accepting things that you like. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like no. I, I like all of these things. I like League of Legends. I like Pokemon. I like Taylor Swift. But but the cringiness generally, like cringiness, isn't. Uh, it's not objective. It's just if society accepts it, it's basically a popularity. And I, that's why I'm saying like Taylor Swift and Pokemon, they're just widely known, so they're going to be considered less cringe. Whereas League of Legends is obscure, and then it's 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 the it's the plight of being a gamer, right? League you know? of Legends is the biggest game. It, it's the, but, it's, it's but, still it's still just a computer game in, in but, the big scheme of things. Regardless, I wouldn't have chosen it if I didn't know that my my students played the game. Like, I knew if, like like five or six students played the game, so that's why this I is it. all equally cringe. <laughs> all right. Well. well all right. Well, we well we learned today that Ads is a good teacher. He 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 goes out of his way. He, he his self his self esteem and his sense of like his shame and embarrassment they go out the window if if he's gonna go teach his kids. Wait, what, what did singing love story teach the kids again? Like, what did this help them learn? Um, Mathematical principle. No, I'm an English teacher, so we we studied love stories, love story in terms of like as a song, as like lyrics, but we just sang it beforehand. Oh, so they could just learn English? Yeah, so they analyze the song and like learn, you know, allusion and references to like Romeo and Juliet, right? Oh, oh, did did you just like bring up Rap Genius and just like do it? <laughs> no, I just <laughs> I just put up Genius dot com and I just said, "I, right. hi guys, just just read the site for homework and just figure it out." <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. Um, no, but what I was gonna say was like in general, I I I'm not a person who wants to put in. Mm-hmm. too much effort right but once once my effort has to be for another person i feel like i am you know morally obliged to do it but like i'm not a person who wants to become say like a head tick like if you become in australia the way that, that, should, that, that should also go in your tinder profile by the way if you become like a head teacher or, or a principal like you earn big bucks like over 100k right um principals like even more than that um still less than a train driver but yeah yeah still less than a train driver um, my friends remind me that every time since I have like four people who drive trains in Sydney. Um, but like, I, I'm fine being a, like an actual, just a 
classroom teacher. Like, I don't, I don't even want to be like a year advice. Dude, I'm not, I don't want that fucking extra pressure, extra responsibility. I just want to rock up, teach, and fucking go home. Play video games. Okay. All right. Now, when, I, when I do teach, I want to do a bang-up job. I just want to make that clear. I'm not just there to fucking, like, coast. I, I was going to say that it might not actually be a terrible uh, English writing lesson to say, hey, you got to go home and you got to make at least, like, one con- contribution to genius. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, if I, had to, if I did that, genius better be paying me. Hey, genius, right. uh, if you want to sponsor the pod and me, let us know. Ads, what's your song today? My song is uh, a song by Flying Lotus from their latest album, Yasuke. It's called Warlords. Um, if you don't know Flying Lotus, they are a hip-hop instrumental band. Uh, sorry, not band, sorry. A producer, a uh, single producer, who also known as Steven Ellison. And yeah, I guess he does rap a bit now. You know, it's mainly instrumental production and sometimes with some collabs with some artists. The Flying Lotus, Warlords, the whole album is really, really good, probably. And his last album was very, very good as well, so I don't know if it's his best, but it's it's, it's back to front, I think, the most quality there's been. It's a very long album as well. It's like, what, two hours maybe? Uh, sorry, not two hours, sorry. It's like one hour, I should say. It's not even that long. So yeah, it's like a pretty good album. Listen to it, especially if you like instrumental hip-hop, Flying Lotus. Uh, Warlords. Alright. I'm gonna go with uh, an anime. I don't know why it just came to mind right now, because I didn't prepare at all. Uh, I'm gonna recommend the opening theme to Fushigi Yugi, which is uh, The Fantastic Voyage. Keith? Uh, my song is Down South by Wale featuring Yellow Beezy and Maxo Cream. It's the theme song of NXT 2.0. And that is why <laughs> It came to mind. All right. Makes sense. All right. Let's close this out. Uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the pod and you will enjoy my predictions being wrong for Worlds uh, for another week in a row. So if, if you are a betting man and you can get 10% off. No, you can't actually do that. Um, but if you want to support the pod without betting, you can bet your money on us by going to www.coffee. That's ko-fi dot com slash the jujus uh we could support us monetarily but either either way you know supporting us by listening to us is more than enough for us it's more than enough for me i can't speak for wax uh so thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next week